Welcome to How Not to Think, the podcast that gets you to think about things like bias, binary thinking, simplicity, uh, and conventional wisdom, where sometimes that wisdom is neither conventional nor wise. We need to take time to look at really how we're thinking and the assumptions that we are making. Uh, this is uh, explained more fully in my book, I think, therefore I'm wrong. Today, I am delighted to have with me uh, my guest from Tucson, Arizona, Cara Diane Festa, who is a consultant, coach, and specialist working in the area of helping women um, navigate what can be a very difficult course between their various obligations and make sure that they are finding meaning and purpose. Kara uh, has a very interesting book. I've written many books and I will write many more, but I doubt that I would ever write a book that had the title of her intriguing book, which is How Belly Dancing Ended My Engineering Career. Well, enough said, Kara. Welcome. Thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you, Howard. I'm excited to be here and have this conversation with you today. Yeah, and that, the title of that book is, is, is great and perhaps tells us a little about your own story. So perhaps we should start there and get the listeners uh, understanding where you are coming from in your particular journey. Absolutely. Yeah, and that, um, that book is a, a, a microcosm, if you will. It's a very small uh, book, but uh, there's a big story behind it. So I'll give you a little bit of that background and then we can delve more into kind of how I got where I am uh, as the conversation unfolds. So my, my background is actually that I'm an engineer by training, and I was one of the owners of an engineering and environmental consulting company here in Tucson for many, many years. And, and the, the story in the book, the, the short version of that is that over time, I started to really question whether I was in the right career and whether I was in in something that really had the kind of meaning for me that I wanted out of my life. Um, and ultimately, I, through a series of events that involved belly dancing, uh, came to change really how I saw myself in the world and what I was doing in the world and went from being an engineering business owner to my, you know, an entrepreneurial business owner of this coaching and consulting uh, company. So that's, that's the very short version, but Right. Well, uh, we want to make sure people don't think you went from owning an engineering company to starting a belly dancing company, right? Right. The belly dancing was a, a piece of the story in the middle, uh, not what I do for work now. <laughs> right. And, and you know, this show is really about looking at and, and, and getting rid of exploding myths and, and stereotypes about different things. And in this case, women and women in the workplace. You obviously experienced that, and through your experience of your own experience in working with others, tell us some of the things that you came up against that were a challenge to the way people think, or some people think about the role of, of women, and especially in the workplace. Yeah, I'd love to delve into that. And I think I'm going to come at it probably a little different direction than 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 people might expect. So hopefully that'll be interesting. Good. And, and what, I, what we originally talked about with respect to this conversation was really talking about how not to think about the masculine and the feminine. And, and by that, I really mean energies and ways of being and kind of how we show up in the world, um, not 
strictly male, female, and, and that, that kind of binary understanding that's a whole other conversation that also has lots of nuance. And uh, yeah, so, so my, my thoughts around all of that were actually, and part of my story around the masculine and the feminine was that, you know, being in engineering, being a business owner with a number of, of male uh, partners, I really grew up in a world that had a very masculine way of being. Um, it's just, you know, it's a traditionally male dominated career field and, you know, and how that shows up and the way that the, the work is performed in that world um, just, you know, it has a certain way of being that is very, can be challenging for women, not just because they're women, but be, because they're human beings and because sometimes the expectations of our working world can be very hard on people. And, and so part of my, kind of part of my realization over time was that I'd spent most of my working career essentially trying to be a man and, and maybe arguably doing a pretty good job of that, but it didn't feel very authentic and it didn't feel good. And over time, I really needed to figure out how could I show up more as me and, and bring more of like my softer side that really hadn't even had a place to show up in the workplace bring more balance, bring more of that together. And so really a, a lot of the work that I do, and I really appreciated your book because you talk a lot about kind of those aspects of balance and mindfulness and looking at things in very different ways. And that was really, that's really the work that I do now is helping to help people look at things in different ways, help women find that kind of balance for themselves, which isn't just you know, how to juggle all of the things, but really what's important for me, how does it feel, you know, how do I feel showing up in the workplace? How do I want to show up in the workplace and in the rest of my life? And how can I bring all of that together in a way that, that feels good and, you know, and, and isn't asking me to, or me asking me to be something that just doesn't feel quite right. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, I'm sure there are many people, you know, across both genders that, you know, show up for work and, and, and feel in some significant way that it just doesn't feel like me, you know, I have to put on a different face or a different mindset to be at work. Um, and ideally, from everyone's perspective, it would be great if employees or whoever's doing the work, however you want to name that, are really into it, a feeling they can give themselves a bit and, and, you know, aren't sacrificing themselves in the process. And that must have been a challenge for you because, you, you know, you just weren't working in an organization. You were a founder of a company and part of it um, where one might have thought you would have felt more freedom, but clearly not enough. Absolutely. Yeah. And it was a a long time to come to that realization as well. Like I said, uh, I, there was many ways that I was very good at what I did and very good as an engineer, very good as a business owner, you know, very engaged in, in the work and in the business. And I came to realize that there was more that I needed to access. And, and that was really that turning point for me of, of opening up the world in a very different way and starting to look at things in a, in a way that I wasn't just, this is who I need to be and how I need to show up in the workplace, but, but really what, 
what do I want to show up in the workplace? And honestly, it took me years to unpack that and figure out how do I want to show up in the world? You know, who, who am I really if I, if I take all of those masks or those, those personas off? And, you know, it's been a fascinating exploration. And I know you have a background as a therapist, so you right. appreciate a lot of that. You know, and yeah. It's in a lot in your book, you know, a lot yes. of those underlying things that's like what's really going on here and and that's really the, the question yes. that we're in yeah and this is not this is looking at myths and um stereotypes about yourself as much as it is about the culture and other people and yeah i'm glad you mentioned that it took a while to do that because there's a tendency when we talk about these things for people to get the idea of one day you woke up and decided this isn't for me and quit your job and you know and it, and clearly it doesn't work like that. Right. Um, yeah. Can you describe that process? And is that something you found common working with other women? I, yeah, that, that process, just to, just to put a timeline-ish on it, I would say I was in that inquiry for probably about seven years before I decided to move on from the engineering company. So it was a very long uh, exploration and kind of delving into what I really wanted in life. And, and in part, the, that process actually started, or, or really the big catalyst for me was that about five years ago, I went and took a, a coach training program. So I was kind of thinking, you know, in, in part, I had this story about myself that I was very good at the technical side of things. And very um, not experienced with the people side of things. And I really wanted to, to kind of work on that balance. So that was actually kind of one of the first things that came up as this in, in part of this exploration. And that process, that, that year long training really was the beginning of me realizing that I wanted to, I wanted to go do this other work in the world. And, and then it just took a number of years before I actually executed on that and went ahead and did it. And so, yeah, I mean, I, hopefully I can put that out there for people that, yeah, it, it, there's a, there was many realizations, many huge moments of, of aha, but also it was a huge arc of time and, and change for me. And, and I do see that a lot with, with other people in, mm -hmm. in their lives and especially in that mid-career kind of mid-life phase where we start to question, you know, what are we all about in the world? And, you know, is this the impact I want to make? And, and is this what I want to do for the next 20 years of my working life? And often the answer comes back, maybe not so much. And then it's a matter of figuring out, okay, now what? And, and I do see that a lot with the clients that I work with, that, that they've, they've spent X amount of years, right. especially in a, you know, in a challenging or really high paced or really just emotionally and, and even physic, physically tiring kind of job. And then, you know, get to a place where they go, well, you know, maybe it doesn't have to be this way. And maybe I can do something that actually feels a little bit good for my heart too. And you know, there we go. There we begin in that conversation. So. Yes, and certainly it's changing, um, but it's but it still has some of these elements. You know, in terms of quotation mark education, if you think of that as career preparation rather than personal development, um, you can get very single-minded and sidetracked about that. 
right? Mm, um, for sure. Oh, I'm good at this. I'm going to be, you know, and it could be, you know, a could be a meaningful profession. You know, I can be a doctor or an engineer. Mm -hmm. Oh, this is great, but you know, ten years into it, <laughs> yeah. and I have to say that there are a lot of physicians that I know. Um, you know, the the data on physician burnout is is such it's, it's huge and. A typical conversation with me when I go to see a, a doctor for a follow-up or something like this, he asked me, how are you doing? And I would say, I'm fine, but how are you? <laughs> and then they'd sort of crumple on the desk and say, oh. And, and, and that's the sort of thing that you're talking about, right? Yeah. Aren't you yeah. that people are just on a track that they feel they can't get off, yeah. but they perhaps have to get off. Sometimes, absolutely. Yeah. And it's self-reinforcing too, because the more you spend time doing something, the more you begin to know yourself as that. And you forget all of the other things that didn't get to be part of that. And then you kind of have to go back and reclaim all of that. And like, who am I really? You know, who am I in the, in the wholeness of myself? Because I started to see myself as almost all this, these identities, right. engineer, business owner, mother, wife, and, and, and a lot of people I find ask that question, like, who am I in all of that? You know, who am I really in, in all of that, that, you know, feel like I don't even know myself in some ways. And then that's a really interesting, you know, kind of place to start with this, this, this work. <laughs> uh, yeah, really very, very interesting. Uh, and I'm sure you find lots of people with that question in their mind mm -hmm. um, at various levels of uh, intensity and associated uh, anxiety perhaps um, but it is an extremely good question because we do define ourselves a lot of the time by our professional title or by what we do to make money right and that's very limiting for sure for sure. And when you get to the point where you're experiencing burnout or you're, you're wondering if you're in the right career, then it's just a huge question of like, who am I if I am not that? Um, and right. that's, that, that takes quite a bit of adjustment to, to start to figure out that, that you're not all of those things that you, you, you know, kind of those cloaks that you've put on or those masks that you've put on. So that's, you know, it's fascinating work. And and it does tie back to, in some ways, I think that masculine and feminine, you, you hit on one topic around, around burnout, around the pace of work and around the expectations. Um, and you talk a little bit about the difference between kind of Western thought and Eastern thought in your book, which I very much appreciate. Um, I, I, there was lots in the book that very much resonated for me. So I, I, I appreciated all of that. And I, and I think that's one of the, the hallmarks of our, our culture and I feel like that's a very masculine way of being. And by masculine, I don't mean men and women. Mm -hmm. Again, you know, kind of trying to take some mm -hmm. of that. Um, you know, talk also about words and how words right. can like really get people stirred up. Um, but really a very, you know, driving, moving forward, always in action kind of way of being that really I feel like there's a need for balance and there's a need for that pause and there's a need for taking the, the time for mindfulness and the time for conversation and the time for connection and the time for looking at the world as interconnected and figuring out our part in that. And, and I believe one of the reasons that burnout happens is because we don't, we're not allowed that time in our culture. 
we're expected to always be on, always be productive, always be connected, always be producing something. And there's so little value of that non-productive time that really is so important and it just isn't valued. And so it, right. it doesn't get that, that same space in our lives. Yeah, seemingly. Excuse me, seemingly non-productive. Exactly, seemingly, but, yeah. We, yeah. We have air quotes going. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, the, and do you find that a lot in your clients that they feel they've got to be going, 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 and if they're not going and going 200 miles an hour, then they're failing in some way? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, that, that was a big part of my story. And that is definitely a big part of the stories of a lot of the women that I work with and a lot of the men that I know as well. Mm -hmm. I mean, this isn't, isn't a, a, a woman thing. I just have the background of being a woman in that career field. And so that's, you know, that's who I choose to work with. But, um, but it affects women and men equally and, and absolutely uh, is really challenging to do for 20 or 30 or 40 years. Um, that's why we get to where we get to. <laughs> Correct. No, that's absolutely, absolutely right. Um, and it's, it's important to understand how much you do define yourself by your career and what you do mm -hmm. rather than who you are. And uh, I'm sure you work a lot with your clients on, on that particular topic, right? Um, yeah. And hopefully there's some overlap between who you are and what you do for a, a living, but they are separate. Mm -hmm. They're separate, right? Yeah. And a big conversation that I think is important to have is, you know, what really is success to, to, to me, to a client and invariably it's not the things that get defined as success on paper and that's a big part of that question that people end up in the middle of, of, you know, why do I have all of this apparent success and yet I'm not happy yet. It doesn't feel good. And, and so a big part of that unpacking is just, well, really what, what would be, you know, if you wanted to redefine success in more human terms, what would that look like for you? And it's, it's not usually more money or the house or the, you know, the external success. It's mm. feeling peaceful inside. It's, you know, having more space and more time for my family and to connect with other people um, and to volunteer and, you know, just to do those things that really give us that juice. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, we go back to the studies on happiness around the world and what it really means. And of course there is a confusion for a lot of people. Happiness think people, people think that happiness is sort of temporary, temporary pleasure and having a good time. No, that's not what it is. Happiness as defined by the Greek phrase eudaimonia, which is really meaning and purpose um, you know, that is what is real happiness. And, you know, the evidence is that over about $70,000 a year, U.S. money, money does add nothing to that. Yeah, I mean, financial stress can be very damaging and you want to be able to pay, you know, your bills. But, you know, having millions of dollars necessarily isn't isn't the path to happiness. Although interesting, I did see a recent study that looked at a comparison between people who had like a couple of million dollars and people who had more than $10 million. And there was a difference 
And interestingly enough, the difference was the people who had the 10 million or more felt happier because they could give more of it away. They could use it more charitably and it, it really helped their purpose. And that was, that's an, yeah. that was an interesting piece of research that, yeah, it wasn't, oh, I have more money so I can do more things for myself. Now I've got enough for myself. Now I can give it away and help other people. And I think that would resonate with, with most people that doing that would yeah, be absolutely. the purpose. Yeah. 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 In fact, at the event I was just at this weekend, there was some conversation about needs and and desires and that kind of Maslow's hierarchy structure of you know that there are some baseline needs. And until those are fulfilled, fulfilled you really can't be talking about purpose and, and self-actualization right. and all of the right. things that um, that, you know, that we're kind of in the conversation about. But once you do have kind of those baseline things taken care of, then happiness, right, isn't related to those things. It's related to self-exploration and deepening and, you know, kind of that personal development work and going out and doing good in the world and connecting with other people and, and a lot of things that, again, because of the pace of life, we don't give ourselves the time to do, or we don't even realize how important they are to us until we stop and, and really process that and figure out, like, okay, I was going, you know, 90 miles an hour on this lane, but I really want to be over here doing this other thing as well. You know, how do I then build a life that gives me what I, what I, both what I need and what I really desire. Yeah, absolutely. And it's great that you're helping people find that, um, find that path. When, when you're talking with people for the first time, I'm sure you have a range of responses from, oh my God, I've been thinking about this for <laughs> 10 years to, Oh, I never thought of it like that. I mean, presumably, right? Um, oh, for sure, for sure. Yeah. yeah, and 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 there's there's people that are like not everybody's our client, right? There's people right. that are of more course. ready and attuned and kind of looking for this work, and other people who, for whatever reason, that's just not the part of their path, and that's not part of the questions that they have in life. But but most, it's it's not uncommon. I mean, it's it's pretty common to to talk about balance and talk about busyness with just about everybody, and mm -hmm. they get pieces of that. They get, gosh, I do wish that I spent more time with my family. You know, I I do mm -hmm. wish that I I could find a way to you know to change up the way that I'm doing things in life so that I had more time to volunteer. Um, and and then that's the the work that we do is because it's, it's usually not about balance. It's about the conversations that you're having or not having and, and how you can change those conversations so you can get to the place that you really want to be. And, and then that's, that's really the work. Yes, exactly. I mean, the concept of balance doesn't mean anything until you know what it is you're trying to balance, right? Mm -hmm. um, and, and so, yeah, that makes, makes perfect sense. Um, your level of satisfaction, I'm sure, just talking to you personally, I'm sure changed over those years that you made that transition. I'm sure it wasn't, uh, you know, all smooth and all wonderful. And, you know, one day you were fretting and anxious at work and the other you were smiling and relaxed. Um, it takes work clearly to do that, but, but there must, you must experience a different mindset and life experience than you did, you know, however many years ago you were 
climbing yeah. the uh, engineering ladder, as it were. Absolutely, yeah. My life just feels a lot more nuanced and full in a way, I don't mean like full of stuff, but just mm -hmm. full of goodness. And, and that certainly happened over a long period of time. And it happened with a lot, of, you're absolutely right, a lot of ups and downs. And, and th that continues. I mean, life is not where you just get to a point and you're like, okay, now everything's great. I'm like, no, there's still challenges. And it's, there's still days where I wonder why I left the security of, of this career that I'd known for 20 plus years for something completely unknown and creating it from scratch. And, and look back at myself and go like, what were you thinking? But, but overall, yeah, absolutely. The trajectory has been towards much more fulfillment and, and you know, just more understanding of who I am and, and how I show up in the world. And then that was what led me to want to do this work because I would love to help other people have that same experience. Right. Uh, and, and particularly in a changing world that we live in today, um, on one hand, there's more opportunity uh, to do your own thing, um, but it comes at a price mm -hmm. too. Yeah. It's not it's not that easy. Um, so we certainly live at a time where what you're doing is very, very, very relevant um, because there are many more options for people, or seemingly more options for people than ever before, and and it can be it it can be very confusing and mm -hmm. the notion that you say oh okay i'm going to go do this and you start off and you're immediately successful and happy and well i mean uh, that's that's silly that is, um, right? that is not how it works <laughs> no i mean any anything in life is a challenge and you've got to rise to it and there's the challenge of it and all of that and if you if you're not expecting that you're in for a big surprise mm -hmm. um but the key is i think feeling really good about what you're doing and what you're trying to do Oh, I absolutely agree. That And that goes back to purpose, right? That goes back to that um, really being tuned into what you're trying to accomplish in the world so that when it gets hard and when you have self-doubt, you can turn back towards that and go, yeah, that's why I'm doing it. It's, it's you know, it's worth it. I'm going to stick it out. I'm going to keep working. You know, I'm going to keep keep putting myself out there even when it feels like, you know, the, the world isn't receptive because I know that that you know, that it's actually out there for me. So that's, you're right, that that is a big part of this, the path. <laughs> and I suspect a big part of your coaching, because all of us, when we're trying to change, really need support mm -hmm. in different forms from others. Um, and one of those is, is what I call um, anchoring. I did a lot of work for um, a weight loss support group called Take Off Pound Sen Sensibly. Um, and they had support groups uh, all over North America helping people trying to lose weight. And it was fascinating looking at these different groups and how they did it. But one of the values of a group, which I think is very important, one of the values is what I call anchoring, is reminding people why they are doing it. Because mm -hmm. it's so easy to get disconnected from that. And as soon as you do, you're in trouble. As soon as you don't realize the purpose, why am I doing this? If you can't stay connected to it, that's a problem. And you may not be connected at all to it, which is part of what you're trying to help people with. Um, so, yeah. so the, you know, there was a line in a book that I wrote uh, that I used 
um, a friend is someone who knows the song in your heart and can sing it back to you when you have forgotten the words. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's sort of what a coach like you does is to remind people, Hey, this, it might be rough right now, but remember, you know, a year ago when <laughs> how you felt and how important this was to you. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That is such a, I love that quote. And, and that is exactly what coaching and all kinds of other support is all about is, is helping reinforce um, and, and helping maybe um, somebody that can't recognize the story that they're in or the blind spot that they're, um, that they're in, helping them see that more clearly so that they then can change, exactly. uh, you know, kind of their, their situation, their condition, their behaviors. And it does take a lot of reinforcement because our, like, as you well know, our brains really, really like to do things that are comfortable and easy and, yep. and familiar. And this, this work and pretty much any kind of personal development work invariably ends up being pretty uncomfortable because we're going places that aren't familiar, doing things that aren't familiar, um, going into places internally that maybe we've just, you know, just hadn't wanted to be with or experience or really know what they were all about. And, you know, all of that is a part of the work. If we just stay comfortable, we're going to pretty much stay doing the same thing. So... (laughs) Yes, and, and and it is it is rewarding, you know. If again you keep your your focus and purpose is that what you're doing in these fields, self development is you're really helping people uh, find their purpose and meaning. And uh, I'm sure you have had it too. Uh, you know, it's very gratifying when people come up to you and. Uh, as once in a while happens to me, you know, they say, well, you don't remember me, but, you know, I saw you 20 years ago and I have to say you really helped me. I mean, you know, that's what it's all about. Right. And I, I suspect you get, I, I suspect you get the same. And of course, one of the great values that you have, you've walked the walk. You don't just talk the talk. And that I think is very, very important in coaching in particular that uh, you, you've been there. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And you, you have that credibility um, and you know what you're talking about. And, and Thank you. <laughs> I, well, no, I think that's huge. I think for anyone who is struggling with things, one of the things that uh, I started my career in the addictions and, and one of the things that I used to get from some people, well, have you ever been an addict? Well, well, how do you know what it's like to be an addict? And, you know, to some extent, there was some validity to that. But, you know, what I would point out is, well, I've never actually been addicted to a drug, but I have been addicted to other things. <laughs> and so I know what it's like to make poor decisions and, and blah, blah, blah. But I think it's important for what you're doing to have walked the walk. And you have done that very yeah, successfully, thank you. you know, thank and you. you've I, made I, it I, purpose. <laughs> thank you. I appreciate that reflection. It's, it yeah. feels really good to hear that. So yeah, and I'm sure that. you deserve it. Um, let's talk a little bit about how people can reach you. We've still got some time, but I don't want to forget about promoting you um, and, and how people can, can find you if they're interested more in what you're doing. Absolutely. Yeah, I have a website that's karadiane.com, and that's K-A-R-A-D-I-A-N-E. 
that's probably the first place you can find me, but I do also have um, pretty active on LinkedIn and Facebook, so people can find me there and somewhat inactive on Instagram, but I'm also um, on that social media platform. And uh, yeah, and I'm, you know, just to kind of give a brief overview of, of what I've got going on, I do, I do a lot of one-on-one -on -one work. Um, I'm also working on setting up some group coaching programs that'll be more focused on uh, women entrepreneurs. And uh, I occasionally do things like retreats and, um, and, and other events in, you know, in Tucson or in and around Tucson. So as people are um, interested in that kind of thing, I would love to, you know, have them connect up and, and be on my mailing list so I can let them know what's coming up and uh, yeah, just Right, and find I, out and what I, resonates with people and, yeah. and have a co good conversation. <laughs> and I'm sure you would be a very valuable speaker at a relevant event on women in the workplace and Absolutely. blah, 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 right? So Yes, I do. But, I do a, a fair amount of speaking and, and just engaging in, um, in events like that as well. So thank you for bringing that up. Yep, that's good. So anyone listening who's interested, um, please go to those sites and, and check out Kara. Um, now you talked about, and, and we originally talked about the masculine and the feminine, and in not so much stereotypic ways, but you know those different aspects of ourselves, right? Not just about the difference between men and women, but those different aspects of ourselves that that perhaps fall into those those categories. Do you have more? I'm sure you do. Want to share any more insights on those in terms of how they impact? the workplace? Um, absolutely. Yeah, that was one of the really one of the reflections that I've had as I've left a, a type of career that, as I mentioned, you know, very action direction, moving all the time oriented. And, and there is a certain, you know, kind of energy to that, that, that I associate with more of a masculine energy. And, and, and I believe that in a lot of our workplaces and, and engineering consulting is certainly one of those workplaces, not only because it's male dominated, but just because of the nature of consulting work itself, um, that just has a tremendous amount of that energy and very little of the rest and reflect and connect and really like look at the bigger picture of what we're doing. And so in the workplace, I think that that really hamstrings both employees and employers, because we aren't spending that time to do some of those fundamental, reflective, receptive kinds of activities that ultimately, like, make sure that we're actually running our butts off in the right direction um, to start with, and also that that kind of give us that other piece of of what we do, which goes back to you know, kind of engagement and enjoyment in our workplace. Um, that we can't just be going, you know, 90 miles an hour all the time. We, we really need to also be connecting with the other human beings around us and have fulfillment and enjoyment in our workplaces, or it's just not fun. <laughs> no, no and, and actually not good for you. Yeah, very um, unhealthy. And that was very, my experience. Very, yeah. very unhealthy. Very unhealthy. Yeah. And um in the latter part of my career, I've spent quite a lot of time in the neuroscience field and actually doing things like neurofeedback and brain mapping and stuff like that. And it's very interesting to see, and, and perhaps this helps explain it, 
um, you know, there are different brain waves, different types of brain waves, slow brain waves, one to four cycles, delta is sleep, four to eight cycles, theta is light sleep or very deep meditation, eight to about 13 cycles is alpha, which is kind of a relaxed wakefulness. And then after that, 13 cycles up, you, as the brain speeds up, as it were, you get processing. And that's what we're talking about here, processing, processing, thinking working it out, you know, logic, rationality, paying attention, all that stuff. And what's interesting in that phase is the further you go up and the faster you go, you get into anxiety, mm -hmm. you get into obsessiveness, you can even get into delusions. The brain is going so fast. And what is really critical for us mentally and physically is to come out of that, come out of that beta thinking into the alpha, and even into the theta waves where we're relaxed, where we're not processing, where we can experience all of those mindfulness meditation things are so important. Yeah. Um, and if you live a life where you don't have any of that in, you're going to burn out mm. and you are going to lose sense of who you are. Yeah. Because yeah. It's just, you, you're just you like just... doing a, a test all the time rather than stepping back and experiencing and, and, yeah. and so forth. Yes, it's, it's not possible to live that way. And, and I think that's one of the messages that our culture is starting to give us more and more is this doesn't work. And that's something that I do work with a lot of clients on that mindfulness practices and just mindfulness in general is a big part of what I bring to the coaching in part because I, I want to, to, to allow those, those tools to be available throughout the day versus, you know, like you come home at the end of the day and you crash and then you sleep and you recover a little bit, but it's not, it's not enough. And so being able to, you know, come to presence and, and mindfulness throughout the day on occasion and really let yourself recover and build some of that into your world, which may mean changing the way that you do things is very important for our health and, and for our, you know, just really our long-term um, maybe survival isn't too strong a word. <laughs> and certainly our identity, you know, yeah, and, sure. and the ability to do that. And also, that also leads to creativity and, you know, new perceptions of things. Yeah. Um, you know, one of my favorite stories is about Albert Einstein sitting under a tree, um, just relaxing, and uh, the the clouds came through and the sun started to have rays through the clouds. And he's sitting there relaxing and he had this thought, I wonder what it would be like to ride on that sunbeam. The beginnings of the theory of relativity. You know, he wasn't in a lab thinking about it. How can I create it? It just happened because mm -hmm. he was willing to experience and let that idea come to him rather than seek it, you know? And, and we do too much of the, the former, the too much of that masculine push, 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 instead of relax, because relax, some wonderful things happen. No, it's absolutely. not, you're not being, you're not, be, you're not unproductive when you're relaxing. In fact, you could argue quite the reverse, right? Absolutely. And that is really in my experience as I transitioned out of the corporate world and into doing my own thing. Of course, I've had some, some transition time where I hadn't had as much to do and and the time that I was able to spend just relaxing and writing and being creative as you know, my creativity has just gone through the roof. 
in that that period because I had, you know, I was able to be in those like, you know, the brain states that really are, you know, practically dreaming and amazing things come up when you're absolutely. in those brain states. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I certainly know that some of my most creative and best ideas have come, you know, either when I'm, you know, out walking in nature or jogging and just not thinking about anything or, you know, after I've just woken up and I haven't really got my brain, you know, revved. That's when you get your best ideas. Yeah. Yep. Water is a big one for me. So great ideas uh -huh. in the shower. I think that happens oh, yeah, okay. for a lot of people or, yeah, yeah. you know, yeah, exactly. listening exactly. to the ocean. <laughs> well, we have definitely overemphasized this do, 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 drive, drive, sort of macho masculine thing. And it's got its place for sure, but not 24 seven. Agreed. Yeah. So you're doing a great job educating people and, and hopefully um, getting rid of that illusion um, because certainly I know personally that that's what one has to do. Otherwise yeah. you just get lost. Yep. You get lost. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And I was for many, many years and it, and it took me a long time to, to find myself again and, and to figure out what I wanted out of life. But that was, you know, that built starting to build in the pause was the very beginning of that. Yeah. So we've got about five minutes left. Would you, would you, are there specific advice you would give general advice you would want people to, or, or perhaps not so much advice, but some themes that you might want people to think about uh, on, on this issue? <sighs> yeah, I think I alluded to it at one point in the conversation and, and that is, that and you even have the quote in your book. It's a famous quote about you know the mind state that created the problem is not you know one that can solve the problem. And so there's always kind of that act of elevating a little bit or separating from the problem. Which again, mindfulness is you know the, a great baseline because that's the work is to be able to step out of the you know what feels like the problem and look at that whole situation from maybe a slightly different level. Um, and so I really feel like when we're looking at balance in life and people say, oh, I'm so busy and I just don't have time. Um, you know, the question that I always have is, what are the conversations that are and aren't happening? Um, because it really is about the conversations. It's not about balancing and juggling time better or being more efficient. It's about, you know, what conversations do I need to have that I'm not having? Um, you know, what conversations need to change or need to be had in a different way so that, you know, I can get what I need to actually be able to do all of these things. And it, and it turns out you can once you start having those conversations. But mostly we don't look at it that way and we avoid the conversations. And then that's really the work is, you know, why am I avoiding that conversation? Why do I not want to ask for more engagement from this person or my spouse or, you know, change the, the terms of, a, of an agreement um, in a relationship or something like that. Um, and once you start doing that work, it really all kind of works itself out. It's really quite amazing. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I am sure it is. And uh, I'm sure you're helping many people and will continue to do so. Um, again, one last uh, shout out about where to find you again is? Yep, my website, karadiane.com. Uh, also on social media under Kara Diane Festa. And, and I did want to mention that um, that 
book that you mentioned at the beginning, if people are curious about more of the story, there's a blog on my website that's a, a version of that. And then I also have an ebook version um, that I give to people. So if you would like to reach out to me and ask for a copy of the ebook, I would be happy to provide that. Thank you. That's very generous. Thank you so much for your time today, Kara. It's been really great. I uh, hope I know you can continue to help a lot of people. Uh, and it's been a real pleasure having you on the show. Thank you, Howard. I have really enjoyed our conversation. Me too. Thank you, Thank you for the opportunity.